Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus Leferticus. Say what? Charette. D-O-C to the single G. What's up, sir? Woo! Nothing much, Mike. Just uh, yeah. just relishing in, in post-4th of July greatness. Word. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you party hard? Did you party hard? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did... Uh, did some did some party things. Whew. Went and saw some fireworks, some sparkly lights. Pi- and, pyro uh, and parties. I love it. Oh yeah. Love yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Actually, I'm not huge on fireworks. I don't know about you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not a fan. I think I've already said I, I mean I'm pretty sure you could just go back every single year and I've probably said this on the <laughs> show every single year for the fourth. But it's just I mean, you yeah. just feel like you're, you know, in a, a warring country getting bombed. Mm-hmm. You're just like, what? Ah, what? You know, I'm the old man and his cat trying to, you know, not die from fireworks. <laughs> it's it's not, you know, it's very unsettling unless you're far off watching them in the distance, you know? So, yeah. It's not... Doc G, you know. have you seen the uh, Disney World uh, Magic Kingdom fireworks? Oh, they're wild. They are wild. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best. I, it's hard to follow Magic Kingdom fireworks after you see. And those. don't they do that every <laughs> night or something like that? Yeah, they do it every night. I think that. Yeah, they do. They do it every night. That is yeah. insane, man. Now, well, you don't want to like. That's other. Me and my brother were talking about. Like, you get the. You get like the. You know, dude at the end of the cul-de-sac that bought a couple thousand dollars worth of fireworks, <laughs> and it's just like every minute there's just a douche. Yeah. Then a minute later, do, and you're like, that's uh, sort of lame, lame, right? There's nobody wants to see yeah. that. Like, it's just nobody, and you just wasted a thousand dollars. Come it's on, loud. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, Mike, Mike, <laughs> I've I've had bigger business on my mind, much more yeah. important things on my mind. Hmm. I've been thinking about the uh, Mike C top three from last week. Me too. You know, last week we you mm-hmm. had the topic uh, three folks that we'd most want to talk to. Oh, okay. Alive or dead. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And one of the folks you had on your list, Nikola Tesla. That's a fact. Yeah. Very eccentric dude, Mike. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, as folks tend to do in the modern age. When you brought him up, and I started thinking about him, made me go down a little Nikola rabbit hole. You know? Mm. I was like, yeah. Let's go back and look at that guy. Let's do that, you know? And I mm-hmm. I, I went back, you know? And uh, I, I, I just I lost myself in a world of the late 1800s, early 1900s, Mike. And it was fun. Yes! And it made me yeah. think, Mike. On this show, we're fans of history. Yeah, we are. I know last week I told you that geopolitics get the people moving, but you know what really gets the people moving? (laughs) Hmm. 
History. History. History, Mike. It gets the people going. <laughs> so I was like, you know what segment we haven't done in like, I don't know, like a, a year and a half. It's been a very, very long time. Hot takes of history. Yes. Ooh, hot takes of history. Yes, Mike. Let's go. Hot, hot, hot takes of history. Mike, I want to. I I want to. So this is what I want to do. I want to first give you some scolding, hot history takes about Nikola. Then, awesome. I'll try to do my best explanation of wireless e- electricity. All right, cool. I'm gonna. Thank I'm you. gonna. Thank I'm you, gonna Dr. fail, and it's not gonna be correct. Nope. And there's gonna be some physicists out there because we all know. Pretty much all physicists listen to our show. Word. Uh, oh, yeah. And they're going to be like, this guy's so stupid. Yeah, dumb. But I'm going to try, regardless, Mike. <laughs> so, okay, cool. So, Mike, I'm first, excited. here we go. HTH, out of the oven. Hot takes of history. Here we go. Mike, back in 1926, John B. Kennedy little interviewer uh, worked for Collier's Magazine. He did an interview with Tesla. And uh, this, this quote is, is very, very popular. But it, it's, it's, so, it's so amazing, Mike. It's like Nostradamus. Here's the quote. Mm. Here's, here's what Tesla said. They, they asked him about this wireless technology he was always interested in. And he said, yeah. when wireless is perfectly applied... The whole earth will be uh, converted into a huge brain, which in fact it is. All things being particles of a real and rhythmic whole. We shall be able to communicate with one another instantly, irrespective of distance. Not only this, but through television and telephone. We shall see and hear one another as perfectly as though we were face to face. Despite Ooh. intervening distance of thousands of miles, and the instruments through which we shall be able to do this will be amazingly simple compared with our present telephone. A man will be able to carry one in his vest pocket. Say what? Mm. Mike. He knew it. He a hundred years before he 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 went ahead and called what we're doing right now. Yeah, he did. That's insane, Mike. Thousands of miles, Doc G. That's that's <laughs> visionary right there. Yeah, it really is. Like, I couldn't tell you what's coming next. I was blown away when McDonald's came out with the Grimish milkshake. I was like, what? Mm. That's purple? Weird. All right. Wow. Wouldn't have seen that coming. Okay. I guess I'll try it next time I'm there. <laughs> uh, I mean, this man perfectly predicted the future. It's crazy. Yeah, he did. Crazy. All right. All right. I've got another HTH. This one's coming hot out with a side of J chips. There we go. Woo. Ooh. Woo. So good. Hot takes of history. Mike, how about this? He created the first hydroelectric power plant at Niagara Falls back in 1895. Genius. 1895, Mike. He did that with George Westinghouse. You don't, uh, don't remember. Mm-hmm. 
I know that most pictures from 1895 follow the the Dane Cook rule of old photography to look stoic and creepy. <laughs> but like Tesla Great doesn't bit. look happy at all in any of the pictures with Westinghouse. I feel I feel like you know that was one of those that he's like, nah, he's got money and he knows how to you know use it. All right, I gotta work with him. God, yeah. this guy's a bummer. Like he just mm-hmm. didn't like he just didn't look happy at all in any of those pictures. Like beyond yeah. the normal unhappy of the time period. Yeah, it was genuine. Yeah, yeah, it was genuine probably. But regardless, made a hydroelectric plant a hundred and twenty-eight years ago. Jeez, crazy, crazy. All right, HTH. Hot takes of history. Mike, Tesla could speak eight, eight different languages. What? Yeah. I didn't even travel back then. How does he know all these languages? Eight, well, I mean, you know, he did grow, he he was born in Europe. Uh, uh, He spoke Croatian. He spoke uh, Czech. He spoke German, Hungarian, French, English, Italian, Latin. Jeez. All right, cool. That's good. It's wild. A lot of language. Yeah, that's all. That's wild. Languages. HTH, Mike. Hot takes of history. Mike, this is a weird one. Maybe you've uh, heard this one before. He hated pearls. Word. Hmm. I didn't know that. He ju- he just hated them. Like he couldn't stand to be around them. Hmm. Not a seafood guy. And, and well, no one knows why. Like, no one knows why he had the aversion for pearls. He just hated them. There are multiple instances, like, when his, like, every now and then his secretary at the research center would wear pearls, and he'd just be like, nope, you're going home, and he'd just send her home. He'd be like, you take that crap off. You're not coming in here with that, right? And one, I mean, and, and like you mentioned, Mike, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he was a fan of pigeons, not so much of ladies, but every now and then one of his friends would like try to set him up with a lady and she'd have pearls on and he'd just be like, yep, nope, nope, don't think so. And just like, you know, and just like, had like, I feel like, I feel like if I knew Tesla well enough back in the day, I might have to just try to put that into conversation, you know? What is it with the pearls? Yeah, like, hey, Nick. <laughs> like Seinfeld. Yeah, like. Hey, what's the deal? Uh, You seem to freak out around him. Like, do you have an abusive relationship with an oyster? Or, <laughs> like, what happened there? Like, I just, I want to know. Like, I'm surprised. No, like, like, everybody knew it, but they were just like, don't ask him about the pearls. Like, I was just like. You know, I don't think it would be anything that insane, but, you know, no. anyways. I don't know. They're kind of gross, though, if you think about it. Oh, they are, man. Look, the oyster yeah, listeners, right now, go- disgusting. Google oyster in a uh, pearl in an oyster. They look like weird tumors in there. It's just gross. They're yeah, all, it's gross. no, yeah, thank you. Um, I'm wearing one on my neck. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> HTH. Hot takes of history. He made a remote control boat in 1898, Mike. That's right. He did make a remote control boat. I remember that. Yeah. In the documentary. Yes. Genius. The first car had only been out for about 10 years before this, Mike. And he made a remote control boat. Mm Mm-hmm. 
He was like, oh, yeah, car's sort of cool. Blam. Yeah, let me show you what I can do. Remote-controlled boat. Like, that's insane. People... Doc G, I... I forget was it a was it like a like an actual size boat like a, I know it wasn't a huge boat but was it it's like about four a, feet like a okay it's about four okay. feet people in the audience okay. actually during his demonstration uh, were convinced well some of them not all of them but some of them were convinced there was a tiny little monkey in there huh? that he had like He's a witch that he had trained he had trained a little. <laughs> Well, some, some of some of them thought it was uh, they thought it was a uh, uh, witch witch activity magic. Hang him, you know, yeah. off with his head. You gotta watch out. Uh, risky. H T H. Hot takes of history. Mike, when he became, uh, as you're sort of aware, he became a little bit of a recluse later in life. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. he stayed in hotels. Uh, and a lot of times he'd pay the hotel in really weird ways. Hmm. Just to find a way to, to stay there because he didn't actually have money. He'd just be like, uh, mm-hmm. how about this? You know? And one time he paid the hotel and what he claimed was a prototype of his particle beam weapon. What people knew as his death ray, right? Mm. He told the yeah. folks at the hotel it was so powerful that it was unstoppable. It couldn't be used, and they mustn't open the package. So he just gave them this, like, chest <laughs> that he said it was in, right? And they couldn't open it. And the hotel, one, took it. They were like, okay, huh? sounds good. We'll we'll use this for your, your rent. That's fair. Yeah. This is a fair trade. <laughs> and then they didn't open it. They didn't open it until after Tesla died in 1943. And he basically, you know, he he, he, he tricked them. He, he it was tricked just a him. bunch of pigeon feathers. It was it was a bunch of electrical parts. Like it was just random electrical parts oh. that he had dropped down there in the box, you know. Mm. But yeah. like I love how they waited until after he was dead. They like literally like, yeah, we can't uh, he'll he'll know we can't open it. We can't do that. We just gotta wait. Like but then as soon as he died, they were like, All right, let's check this thing out. He's dead. What's going on in here? <laughs> He said it could destroy the world. Let's see what we got here. This shouldn't be too bad. I'm not too worried. Like, just great. We're mourning. Open the gift. <laughs> Ridiculous. No, it wasn't a gift. It was a trade. Um, that's, that's hilarious. Wasn't he staying at the Ritz? Uh, he That was originally, so his, his hotel quality went down as, as they went through ah. the years. Um, HGH. Hot takes of history. Mike, this this is one of those that's really conspiracy inducing here. And this is one of those interesting ones. We were just talking about the particle beam weapon, the death ray, as it was often known as. When he died, the FBA, uh, the FBI, not the FBA, don't know who they are. Nope. Uh, the FBI just <laughs> showed up at his hotel and just took all of his existing documents when he died. Girl, come on. Like they just showed up and they were like, "Oh, we'll take these. These are all ours." And he took they, they took like hundreds of documents. Hmm. Because because apparently of the death ray, they were worried they didn't want it to get into, you know, other hands and whatnot. Which, you know, like I get. But then they didn't release the documents until 2016. And some of the documents were still redacted. Like they and you're just like what did you hang on to these things for 73 years for? Yeah! Like, if they didn't have anything in there, you could just release them, you know, two weeks later and be like, all right, there you go. 
It's just very strange, you know? It took him that long to understand what what Tesla was doing. FBI, man, they're weird folks. Weird, wild folks. They are. Um, Mike, here we go. Now that we've done a couple HTHs, let me give you my lowest level explanation on wireless electricity, and it's probably wrong. Here we go. (laughs) So Tesla, as you may know, discovered alternating currents, right? AC. The flow of Mm -hmm. electrons through a conductor alternating back and forth, right? What's DC? What's DC? Direct. Direct current. Yes, direct current, right? Okay. And that was the whole war of currents. Edison was on the direct current side. Tesla was on the alternating current side. Right. Regardless, think of a circle of electricity. That's what you got sort of with your alternating currents, right? Mm-hmm. When you alternate that flow of electrons, you create a magnetic field. Word. Mm-hmm. And so... Of course. Now, what you can do, right, the opposite is also true. If you oscillate a magnetic field and move a wire into the magnetic field, it will conduct alternating currents. Mm. Right? Electromagnetics, Mike. That's the study of electromagnetics. So, in the simplest terms, this wireless electricity is taking an alternating current, creating a magnetic field, then a device from far away picks up that magnetic field and converts it back into alternating current. Mm. Now, the thing that you got to do is you got to have a way, basically to reproduce that signal at smaller intervals as far as getting that magnetic field, reproducing it at at this interval, reproducing at an interval, reproducing at an interval. But that's the idea. And then once you get to a certain area, that magnetic field is converted. You got a wire there. You convert it back to an alternating current. Hmm. And you can just hold a wire into the air and it's going to have... It's a little bit more complicated than that. Of but course. Again, that's 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 the idea, right? Yeah. You you get you get something that can conduct electricity into that magnetic field, and you'll see current start to flow. Got you, got you. So those two towers that he had, Tesla right, it was coils, two towers, the Tesla coils. Mm-hmm. So in between those would be the wireless electricity. No, basically, no. Okay. No, that's uh, <laughs> the, the 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 coils were to make the AC current. Right. That's that's okay. basically circulating that now around those two coils. You're getting a magnetic field, right? Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but I'm just gonna say it makes good. sense. So that way good. Good. Because, Mike, we already lost everyone that's listening. So it's just me and you chatting now. Mike, I'm about ready, though, to transmit some wireless energy to the listeners. Say what? Some Doc G and Mike C energy. Are you ready to fire this show up? Let's fire up this AC Mm. show. Close enough. Yes. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. <laughs> this AC show. You know what this show is? This shows the uh, alternating currents of DG and MC. Yes, that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mike, we have a fantastic show. We have the tremendous Alfredo Rodriguez on the show. Cuban mm. jazz pianist, Grammy nominated 
plays all around the world. He made his first four solo albums with none other than Quincy Jones. Wow. That's right. Quincy Jones. We're gonna we're gonna chat with Alfredo. Just a good time. Just a lover of music, a lover of life. Can't wait to talk to him. It's gonna be good. Uh, but first, we need to start where we start, Mike. Birthday suit. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think you got this one. <laughs> uh, it's not. I mean, eighties. Uh, uh, Rock slash pop star. Let's um, see. Let's see. Here we go. Born on July. A couple people. Yeah, right. you might surprise me. Here we go. Born on July fifth, nineteen fifty. Our birthday suit wearer moved to his uh, uh, with his family to California when he was in elementary school, where he went until high school. His parents divorced, and he moved back to New Jersey. Side note from the Wikipedia page, I couldn't verify the actual source on the Wikipedia page, Mike, but it said he scored an 800 on his math section on the SATs. Jeez. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he did end up going to Cornell University. Insane. Uh, Cornell. He dropped out, though, in 1970 to pursue music. He joined a band in San Francisco called Clover. He made two albums of Clover, but the band disbanded, and our birthday suit wearer made his own band. Their second album was titled Picture This with the ultra classic Do You Believe in Love? Such a jam. Such a jam. Their third album, Sports, is one of the best-selling pop albums of all time with four top ten singles. Heart and Soul, I Want a New Drug, The Heart of Rock and Roll, and If If This Is It. In 1985, it released the single The Power of Love, which was featured in the movie Back to the Future. In 1986, they released their fourth album, Foray. It had five top ten singles. He released two more albums in 1988 and 1991, which weren't as popular as the last two. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. I will tell you that his band, it's one of those, uh, you know, one of those artists that it's, his name and then the band. His band's name is The News. Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis is correct. Yes. Yeah. Is that half credit? No, no, no. That counts. Oh, that's that's in there. Right. That's I'll in there. there. Yeah. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, I love that jam. Yeah. Please tell me love if this ain't love. That song is so sick. Yeah, I'm man. Save that Huey Lewis and the news. I didn't even know that. All right. Cool. Do you believe in love, man? I gotta hear some. Do you believe in love? I was love. gonna say I forgot. Like Cher's version. I thought. No, 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 amazing. no. That's that. That's a different song. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Huey Lewis is. Do you believe in love? Oh, okay. And such a jam, <laughs> such Way a off. jam. No, I, I killed it. I nailed it. I was right there. Um, no, I thought I, I like the share song. The share version is uh, is not the same. Do you believe in love? Yeah. After love? <laughs> there we go. That was perfect. Oh, jam! Such a jam. Both of them are jams, Mike. I uh, rock Huey out Lewis. to both of them. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Huey Lewis, man, he's got so many jams. So many jams. Uh, fun fact, too, it's like, it might be like the last concert my dad has actually seen live. Oh, uh, what? A whole bunch of years ago. It was like 12, 15 years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. My dad went to uh, Las Vegas for, mm-hmm. uh, for a conference, 
and cool. uh, he hit up a Huey Lewis concert, and uh, my whole family was like, "What the? That's <laughs> going to a concert? All right, that's weird. Huey Lewis. All right, jam. There and you then go. you listen to the songs. You're like, okay, yes. Oh no, there was no well. question that Huey Lewis is jamming. <laughs> it was just a question of my dad going to a concert. That was oh, very okay. I got you. Peculiar, I got you. you know. Anyways. <laughs> Happy birthday to Huey Lewis turning uh, 73, Mike. 73 Ooh, for Huey Lewis. Rocking it nice. out, man. Yeah, so many good jams. So many good jams. Mike, we need to uh, move on. Are you ready to uh, rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, did you see over the weekend uh, Twitter? Put temporary limits on the number of posts that users without veri- verification can read. Ooh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, old Elon said it was to address extreme levels of data scrapping and system manipulation. Mm. But I, I, I want to say they might have changed the number. I want to say they limit non-verified users to 500 tweets. Word. In one day? I think. And it's amazing, like, so many people were complaining about that. Like, that (laughs) wasn't anywhere close to enough tweets that they had, they wanted to look at. And they were, they were so angry, right? Uh, People are so lame. First of all, I'm going to be honest, Mike. Sounds like uh, what Elon was doing was mining for more blue checks, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Make Easily. me some more money. I'm going to get Seriously. some more blue checks. But I also can't believe this, Mike. I'm going to actually agree with Elon on something. What? I'm going to agree with Elon on one thing. Keep in mind, listeners, one thing. This is it. Uh, Musk on Friday tweeted when he did this. He said, awake from a deep trance. Step away from the phone to see your friends and family. Hmm. That was his Powerful. tweet. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to say, Mike, the tweets are fun. But after some point, you got to say, who gives Leave your phone, you weirdos. Like, just, what? Come on. Come on. Also, I I, I, I like how since Musk has has taken over the company, there have been constant complaints of people saying they're going to, there's going to be a mass exodus away from Twitter. Yet the majority of people have stayed. Like, everybody's like, oh, we're going to leave. We're going to get out of here. And then everybody's still on Twitter. (laughs) I mean, it's like an alcoholic that says they're going to stop drinking when the beer company raises the price. And they're like, yeah, they're not going to buy it anymore. Well, I'm going to buy it for now. But you better, (laughs) I'm angry about it. Like, just come on. It's pathetic, man. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. No. Uh, no. What was was the blue sky, though? Did you see that? Uh, There was a, they had to put a, they had to stop people from signing up for whatever blue sky is. Is that? Yeah, the new, it looked like it I, looked Twitter. I have to look Twitter's. up to. It. I have to look it up. That okay. was that was the thing. I know the 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 former CEO Mike was working on. That was his deal oh, okay. that he was with Jack uh, was working mm-hmm. on there. I, I'll have to look into it, Mike. I'll follow up next okay. week. Follow up. Okay. Uh, right. Mike, little Leo news. Oh, Leo news. He was uh, spotted hanging out in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. L.E.S. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he was in a tricked-out Porsche convertible. Ooh. Yeah. And that's it, Mike. That's the oh, TMZ okay. news story. <laughs> just just imagine. 
that's the kind of fame you have, Mike. <laughs> you look on your phone and there's a story on your news feed with the title, Mike Charette sits in a car. Like, oh. <laughs> Doc G, we all want to know how old was the car? How it, old was it? It looked very Under new. Under 27? I don't, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know like what year. I'm going to guess 2021. So I'm okay. going to guess. But it was impressive, Mike. It was impressive. Mm. Uh, Mike, I've got some uh, Doc G uh, favorite news here. I've got okay. geopolitical news. Yes. Yes. This is from Brazil, Mike. This is from Brazil. Uh, so, you know, since it's uh, geopolitical news from Brazil, we run the risk of offending our Brazilian listeners. So get ready to, get ready to see a drop in our numbers. Anyways, oh, no. the uh, former leader of Brazil, Bolsonaro, you heard of that character? Yeah. Uh, he yeah, was, they, uh, yeah. He was barred Friday of last week from running for governmental office until 2030 by the highest court in Brazil. Mm. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. banned because he, uh, b- uh, quote, abused his power and casted unfounded doubts on the country's electronic voting system during the last election and tried to get mm. his supporters to deny the validity of the election. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Yeah, right? Hmm. Right? So that's what you do when somebody does that during your election. <laughs> Thanks, Brazil. Thank you. Doesn't seem like we really understand what to do here in the U.S. We're nope. a little conflicted. We mm-hmm. don't really understand. But good to know you guys do what's right. That's yeah. nice. At least somebody's got it right, Mike. Mike, Giselle. Speaking of Giselle. Brazil, she's originally from Brazil. Uh, yeah. Giselle was seen in Costa Rica on vacation. Let me guess, with her tr- personal trainer, right, Doc G? He was not. He was not listed, Mike. Apparently, ah, uh, no, yeah, no. He, she was with, with her kids, and she was with Shakira. Which Shakira, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's nice. She was there, which I was thinking about. It's got to be interesting. There's like a good foot difference between those two. Like mm. Shakira's like five feet even, and Giselle's like six feet tall. Got to look like an odd couple walking down the beach. I mean, <laughs> an attractive odd couple, don't get me wrong. Oh, but yeah. uh, very attractive. You know. But, I mean, in this article, Mike, they were they were trying to say that she was looking amazing, which she was. But we yeah. all know, listeners, she wasn't looking as ripped as Tom Brady. No way. And she wasn't willing to pop the top on her wetsuit like TB. We all know that. All right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely not. No. TB's the only top popper. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's what he does. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Anyways. It's got to be nice for <laughs> their kids, Mike. You know? I mean, sure, you'd like your parents to be together. But it's it's got to be awesome when you're like, hey, well, I'm going to be in Greece uh, the first week of June. And then I'm going to fly over to Costa Rica and hang out with my mom uh, for a couple weeks in June. That's nice. You know? Yeah, that's nice. That's not bad. You're just doing water sports uh, around the world. Oh, mm-hmm. Can't complain with that. No way. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Mike, uh, Eliza Rose Watson. You know Eliza? No, I never heard of her. She's making some waves. Ooh. She's making some waves around the world for uh, taking up giant billboard ads in uh, Tottenham, London, and Times Square in New York City. Okay. And the billboards are simply for her Instagram and OnlyFans account. 
Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I looked, Mike. I looked, and I got to say, she's got 2.7 million followers on Instagram. Jeez. I don't think she needs any help from billboards. Nope. Like, eh. Yeah, I wonder how her data is. I wonder it's got to uh, be pretty strong. Increase. It's pretty strong data, the man. The billboard. Ah, follow. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say just the fact that she can afford that type of real estate of billboard. She's doing all right. Yeah. You know? Do you think billboards are expensive anymore? I, I, in, I in mean, they, yeah, they Times Square they are. Times Square, yeah, yeah. You're gonna pay sure. a pretty penny. I think I want to say in one of the uh, in one of the uh, articles I actually saw it. I think she said eighteen thousand dollars. Now I don't know how long that was like, like per the, day. Okay. If it was an hour yeah. or what, you know. <laughs> There you mm, go. Yeah, but yeah, it could like, be an hour. But uh, Eliza, if you uh, actually want to promote us, we could really. Yeah, that'd that. be awesome. If you if you could just do like one of your OnlyFans videos and just play the Doc G show in the background. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be the least viewed video you have. People will instantly turn. Oh God, mm -hmm. what the f on the background of that? I can't watch her be naked with that going on in the background. No, thank you. Ugh. Yeah, just mute it. <laughs> Brace yourself, Mike. She is attractive. I know that's mm. hard to believe. She is very attractive, so just side notes. I've got more OnlyFan news, Mike. Yes. Woohoo! Sammy Sheen. You know Sammy? No. She's uh, Charlie Sheen's daughter. Charlie Sheen and Denise Rich's, uh, Richard's daughter. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's uh, She has an OnlyFans account. That's, like, what she really? does, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, in her most recent post, she uh, advertised her OnlyFans account with a completely a see-through top on. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the like what you're supposed to do on so, OnlyFans? Yeah, yeah, it's sort of the point. Yeah, but according yeah. to uh, according to the article, Mike, this left Char Charlie Sheen fuming. Word. He went on a quote unquote ballistic rage. And he blamed his ex-wife. He blamed uh, Denise there. Another source said that Charlie thought Sammy would have learned from his mistakes and is convinced Denise should have done more to steer her away from a such a sleazy career. What? Different mistakes, Doc G. Very Charlie different. Charlie didn't make any. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> And I'm going to be honest, Mike. I think uh, Eliza Rose Watson should go inform Charlie because, I mean, seems like a pretty good biz. Mm. Minimal you hours. Know, no he's, on, uh, he's on the um, Cameo. That's where mm. Charlie Sheen's killing it. He's on Cameo. I mean, you know he, who needs you know, you know who needs an OnlyFans? Denise Richards. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree, Mike. <laughs> oh. uh, and I mean, you know, why doesn't Charlie Sheen just segue from Cameo into uh, OnlyFans? Ew. You know, mm. just do those salutations with his pants off, right? That's. <laughs> I mean, think about five dollars a month. <laughs> minimal hours, no difficult task, great pay, leave time open for other pursuits. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, yeah. I would be right there with Sammy if there was anyone in the world psychotic enough to want to see me in those positions. Ew. Are you kidding? Mm. Sign me up. I'd be there. <laughs> Good Lord, you kidding? It'd be awesome. Getting paid thousands of dollars to be like, hey, I'm naked. So anyways. All right, I'll see you later. Like, Wee. great. What? 
Ridiculous, Mike. I don't know what Charlie's talking about. Nope. Uh, Mike, weird story here from Slate. The title of the story is, This Bridge is the Death Bridge. Word. Then the subtitle is, quote, I know why so many young people keep dying the same way in New York. That used to be me. End quote. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, first of all, again, title, Mike, uh, when you look at that subtitle, I know why so many people, young people keep dying in the same way in New York. That used to be me. That used to be you until you decided to stop dying. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, who okayed this title, Mike? The dumb title. Girl, come on. Even worse, Mike, the the author isn't doing what the kids did in the story. So I read the story. The article's about the Williamsburg Bridge in New York and mm-hmm. teenagers doing what they call these days subway surfing, Mike. Oh, where, yeah. Dangerous. Where, where you jump on the old top of the trains... And then, of course, you know, bad things happen while you're doing that. Like you get hit by a pole or you get hit by a tunnel or whatever. You fall off for just some other reason. Jeez. And throughout this article, Mike, the author likens it to him when he was younger as a photographer going to the top of the bridge and taking a picture because it was dangerous. Huh? And I was like. That's not what they're doing, dude. Yeah, that's not what they're doing, bro. Come on. <laughs> it's like writing a story about kids who are going out and wrestling tigers, and you're like, yeah, it used to be me. And the person's like, you, you used to wrestle tigers? No, but I took some pictures of tigers, and it was really hot, so I could have died of heat exhaustion. It's pretty bad. <laughs> like, eh, no, it's not the same thing, man. Not the same. Not at all. Mike, one other real quick here. One other story from Slate. Since we're on Slate, I've got another article here. This one says, uh, this one's titled, Parents are panicking about kids drowning uh, days after they've came home from the pool. Dry drowning. Dry drowning. Yeah. And then, subtitle, Is That Real? Hmm. And I can I answer so. that right now. No. No. That's the dumbest <laughs> ever heard of. All right? That is dumb. That's almost as dumb as the Elon Musk uh fight. Okay? Right up there. Him and him and old Zuckerberg. Dumb. Mike, like that's essentially the same thing as me being like, come quick! Come quick! A guy on the street is suffering from a bulletless gunshot wound. It's the worst. <laughs> what? What happened there? How did that work? Like, it's just stupid, man. What are people yeah. falling for? Mike, what? we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest. This is the fantastic Alfredo Rodriguez right here on the Doc G Show.
are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe to the podcast, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify now or uh, wherever they get their podcasts. It is a costive cost-effective way to support the show. And if they're feeling extra generous, leave us a five-star review, leave a comment. We love the comments. Follow us. Oh, follow us on our social media. Mm -hmm. Doc G is at Doc G Show. Mm -hmm. I am at Mike Charette. Mm -hmm. And um, shout out to the new listeners on Spotify. Welcome. For sure. Welcome. For sure. Welcome to everybody out there. Uh, We've got uh, international listeners already on Spotify. Very, very happy to see. Um, Yeah. The end. Huh? That's pretty much all Mm -hmm. I got. uh, Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. you. And we need to thank the regular listeners, Mike. Here we go. Five-star listeners. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartanburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and home of the J-Chips, Chicago, Illinois. Shout out. Nice. Pretty good one, Mike. That's a pretty that was good, a good one. one. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty happy with the results right there. It actually sure. it actually For made sure. me break out in a little bit of a sweat on my knuckles. I was going so fast. Mm. I don't know why that happened. Word. But I was just uh it might be some kind of adverse health event of me trying to uh <laughs> to speak too fast. I'm just gonna pass out and die right here. Keep a lookout. Let the listeners know if that happens. Jeez. Uh okay. thank you for all the listeners, Mike. Thank uh you. we gotta go on to the old four star listeners. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Some big mm-hmm. some big names here. Uh shout out to Seattle, Washington. Sa- shout out to Los Angeles uh, Los Angeles. Not Los Angeles. Shout out to Las Vegas, Nevada. Shout mm-hmm. out to Reno, Nevada. Ooh, okay. Shout out to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Nashville, Tennessee. Shout out to San Antonio, Texas. Shout out to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I haven't seen you guys in a while. Welcome. Uh, shout out to Medford, New York. Shout out to Raleigh, North Carolina. Shout out to Mesa, Arizona. Shout out to Hoover, Alabama. Remember that uh, uh, reality show on MTV that was around Hoover football hmm. back in the day? Hmm. I forget the name no. of it. It like came out like two thousand, like mid two thousand, sometime around there. I want to say it was like maybe it's called like Two a Days or something about that. Friday Night Lights. Mm-mm. There was some kind. Of, it was just rage about like you know high school football. So it was there yeah. because of that. I can't remember what it was called. It's pretty goofy, but it was in Hoover, Alabama. <laughs> uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Shout out to Sao Paulo. Uh, Mountain View, California. Shout out to them. There we go, Mike. And lastly, shout out to Boynton, Virginia. Mike, one more week for Boynton. They will be on the regular list. Boynton, you got to do it. If you don't do it, shout out. back down with the four stars. You want to be a five star. You want to keep it up. Mm. And I will find out all the highlights of Boynton if you're up there. 
you will uh, we will know everything great about Boynton, Virginia. Um, thank you for all the regular listeners. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Um, Mike, let's go ahead and knock out one uh, birthday suit. Think okay. I think we can do this one pretty quick. Uh, I I didn't even I, sadly, and this no offense to this fella, but I didn't even really write. Uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't even really write a description, a clues, because I was just like, yeah, Mike will probably know this. So let's see, let's see. Uh, dude off of the Jersey Shore, not the situation, not Ronnie, not Vinny. Has the biggest hair of all the dudes on Jersey Shore, and he's a DJ. Hmm. Um. Ah, uh, DJ. I stuck G. Come uh, on, man. The spiky hair. Yeah. Polly D. Polly D is correct. Yes. There we go. Yes. Yes. Polly D, man. Uh, not that I was a huge Jersey Shore. Uh, watcher. I mean, I watched it every now and then, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I think he was my favorite. I gotta say, as far as the dude, yeah, he was cool. The dudes, you know, turning forty-three, Mike, forty-three Wally for Pauly D. Yeah, fun fact: not from Jersey, Providence, Rhode Island, down <laughs> Providence Way. So, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, Pauly D. There you go, man. There you go. Shout out to Polly, turning turning forty three, man. Uh, and I got to be honest, I, I looked uh, yeah, again. Not no offense to him, uh, it didn't seem like there was too much going on other than just hosting DJ parties. Seems like what's yeah. pretty much happened for like the last ten years of his life. So there you go. Mm-hmm. He is doing. I mean, he's he's killing it on uh, social media, Mike. Five million five million followers on uh, Instagram for Polly D. Jeez. So cool. Folks like to hang with him. I mean, he's he's kicking the crap out of Eliza with her uh, OnlyFans. Maybe Polly D. Polly, think about taking your pants off. What? See what happens. <laughs> Just saying. Could work. Anyways, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Alfredo Rodriguez right here on the Doc G Show. UNF Jacksonville. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM. Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are super excited to have a talented pianist, a musician, a composer. He's out with his new album, 
Coral Way. It's coming out August 18th this year. Welcome to the show, Alfredo Rodriguez. Alfredo, how are you, sir? I'm fine. Thank you so much for, for the invitation. Very glad to be here having a conversation with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I was, you know, I was going back uh, through your life and I was looking over everything. And I mean, it seems like you've been in, you've been in music your whole life, basically. I mean, your dad was a professional singer in, in Cuba. Are, are your mm -hmm. first memories basically all surrounding music? Yeah, actually, my first memory, I would say they are uh, my dad playing any kind of music and me trying to actually imitate the drums. I wanted to be a drummer at first, not a pianist. So I remember just picking up any pencil or anything that I can find, pillows, and just trying to imitate the sound of the percussion. And then um, my dad had a band and, and, you know, I was always you know, on the side of the drummer, looking at him and, and just trying to imitate the drums. And then they told my dad, hey, uh, the kid had some <laughs> interest in music, so just bring him to the to the school of music. And that was what my dad and my mom did. They brought me to the class, school of music, and I started playing classical music at six, six years old. Nice, nice. I mean, do you remember when you were that young, do you remember some of those those concerts seeing your dad play? Yeah, actually, I ended up then when I was 13 years old playing with my dad in his band. My dad is, is very uh, singer in Cuba. He's someone, he's like a crooner, someone, I don't know, but he's very, very famous, like saying Elvis Presley here or something like that. So Nice. So he's someone like that, iconic, that, you know, a pop very popular. So I remember playing with my dad. I started playing in the band when I was 12 or 13 years old and then... You know, since I made the move of moving to the United States, and then I've been just focusing in my own career. But, but yeah, I, I play all of those songs with him. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, I, you grew up in Havana, and uh, I've never been. Always like to go. Uh, I've, I've seen and read and heard that Havana is, you know, music is, is flowing in Havana. Is that is that true? Is it just everywhere in life of Havana? I think yes, yeah. I think Cuban, I mean, Cuban, I, I always say that Cuban people have music and, and rhythm, in my opinion, good rhythm and, and musicality. And mm -hmm. they, the, the way that people talk or they move or, you know, basically what I'm saying, in Cuba, everyone dances really good. Everyone plays a, a, an instrument really good. Everyone sings really, you know, it's, 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 I think it's, it's part of our cultural, um, situation you know we've been uh so for so many years involved with you know really good music and we had we had a really good uh mix to you know like, you know we had remember before the revolution we had a really good great connection with the states mm -hmm. where people like i don't know nothing Paul or Bessie or Hampton, even like quincy my mentor he went there before the revolution to, mm -hmm. to cuba too so we had a, always a really good connection between the States and Cuba. Obviously, Cuba is connected with it in the Caribbean and also connected to Latin America. And also we had, you know, we were colonized by Europeans. As, as we know, so we had that Spanish flavor also in our music. And I think that's what became like the Creole Cuban music. And for so many years, we have had that, you know, passing through, through generations. And again, as I said, you know, 
Cuban musicians, they don't really need to specifically go to a school to learn how to play Cuban music or dance Cuban music. That's something that is in the blood, and I do really believe that people really have it. Man, that's, uh, I mean, talking about it, that's that's wild to think that Quincy has, has been playing that long, that he was there before the revolution. And that is, yeah. that, that is, that is an impressive career by Quincy right there, man. That is... Wow! What? Well, you know, Quincy, Quincy has Quincy has been everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> and also it's, it's somewhat not only. Um, I would say this because as a young musician, I've been working with Quincy for more than fifteen years now. And as a young musician, always some people ask me, you know, what? How is Quincy, and what is the best that you have learned from him, or something that I always say that Quincy is like an encyclopedia of life, not only about music, because he has been obviously, as people know. You know, like he grew up playing jazz music and then, you know, he obviously made a really huge career even going from pop to anything. You know, mm-hmm. you can name anything and you, you go to film industry and Quince is there. You go to pop, Quince is there with Michael Jackson. You go to jazz, Quince is there and changing music a lot, a lot of the time. I always say that Quincy has revolutionized music so many times. Mm-hmm. And But also... Very interesting from Quincy is that he has been someone very open-minded and open to learn from any culture. He lived in Paris and he has been moving all around the world for so many years, and that's something that I appreciate a lot. And when you meet someone like him, um, it's, it's incredible just to listen to his stories about life, about music, about everything. So yeah, you know, Quincy was in Cuba too. <laughs> not- Ninety years, you're bound to pick up something. Ninety years, you're you're gonna yeah. pick up something, especially especially like you said with the life he's had going everywhere. I'm, yeah. Uh, I want I want to get to Quincy in a little bit, um, but uh, but I, I want to stay in Cuba for just a little bit. Um, the w- one thing uh, I heard was at a young age when you started playing piano, your your first did I read this right? Your first teacher said you were devoid of talent. <laughs> well, actually, that's correct. Man. But you know what? It's, uh, it's, yeah. I, I mean, you know, things happen in life. Uh, I, I'm going to say this. Um, people have opinion. They have way of thinking. We are we are human beings, uh, meaning that we are perfectly incorrect. <laughs> Sometimes we make mistakes. And uh, I think the way of teaching is not definitely that one. Uh, but what I'm trying to say as a grow, you know, I'm not going to even talk about education because that's not the way of, that I feel educating a kid is something positive like that. That's, that let's, let's put that aside. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say as a grow up person right now, um, there is always going to be per- people that are going to be uh, with you. Some people are, are going to say you are not your values are not that good. And what I'm trying to say at the end is that you have to follow your path, whatever feels right to you. Try to do it with honesty. Mm-hmm. Try to do it with love, with passion, and that's it. I think life is all about that. It's trying to find something that really makes you, basically the pursuit of happiness. You know, trying to, to really be as happy as you can, even though we are living in this world of imperfections. Yeah. I feel that's the most important. It's just try to be as happy as you can. And music has been always that for me. Nice. Uh, I knew it since I was a child, and I still know it. So, you know, I keep going. At that young age, you were playing, were you playing all classical? I mean, I know you were learning classical in in school and whatnot as far as actually being taught, 
But on your own, did you start playing other things uh, like almost immediately or were you just interested in classical to start? Actually, at the beginning, I was just playing classical music. And obviously, Cuban music, you know, uh, that's something that is in our blood. So I was playing Cuban music also at home and things like that. But I was more focusing in just classical music because that was what I was taught at the at the school. Mm. We still today, we don't really have like a Cuban school of music, even like a jazz school of music. We don't have it in Cuba. So what we really have, and it's a very strong and really good school, is the classical school of music because our teachers, um, went to Russia, you know, uh, uh, the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. uh, and they start, you know, they were uh, they were trained classically there. Uh, so I, I, I was born in '85. So then my teachers were in that exact moment that Cuba had that, you know, like a political situation um, with with in Russia. And then uh, my teachers went to study at the Moscow uh, Conservatory of classical music, and then classical music was something very strong in Cuba. That's why we have a really good classical school of music in Cuba. And then, when I was 12 years old, my uncle was moving from one apartment to another one, and this is a very random situation, but the only thing that the tenant left there was a, an original CD of the Cone Concert by Keith Jarrett, which mm-hmm. is one of the greatest improvisers and jazz pianists from the States. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that someone could just really just sit at the piano and play for hours. And that was basically a piano solo album that he did exactly that. I didn't know that at that moment. I was a kid, uh, but I discovered that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I know, you know, I, what I can tell you is that even though I didn't know much about that type of music at that time, I was very cultivated. I was completely in love with what I was hearing. And then I started looking for more music uh, similar to that, and I discovered many of the great jazz musicians from the States and improvisers from the States, and that's why I've been discovering my own voice since that moment. I remember playing Mozart or Rachmaninoff or Chopin at that time, and I remember also sitting at the piano, and I couldn't play one note. I didn't know how to play Alfredo Rodriguez. I only knew how to play classical music uh, composers. So... And then that's, that's the process of life. It's the process of living. I'm still, you know, learning every day because as much as you learn as a human uh, being, you are going to incorporate all of that knowledge into who you are as a musician as well. So it's an endless process and it's a beautiful, endless process, in my opinion. It's the most exciting thing that I can, you know, keep improvising and learning every day from new experiences that are going to be happening in my life. For sure. For sure. Well, now... You you continue to progress, and at 19, you were given the opportunity uh, to represent Cuba at the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland. And I've got to ask, I feel like my spitefulness would take over in that situation, and I'd have to go back and find that teacher that said I had no talent and be like, hey, hey, did you get invited to the Montreux <laughs> Jazz Festival? Because I did. I don't know about you. Were you were you tempted, or did you just say, "Okay, I'm go. This is exciting. I'm excited." No, man. To be honest, um, it's a, it's an experience that happened in my life, and as, as I said before, I try not to focus in the negative, but always in the positive, and I try to you know keep going. I always I always say this: my personality, uh, obviously, you know, is and this is goes translated to my music as well. I think it's very. Um, focusing hope instead of like something, you know, like negative or something. Uh, I think our personality, our personality really gets reflected in who we are as a musician. And I always think positive. 
even though in, in, in hard times, in difficult moments that I have lived in my life, um, I have always think about light and positiveness. And, uh, and that's the way that I like my music to sound as well. So again, I'm not gonna, you know, just think about that too much. I didn't think about that too much also. And I am very earthy, if that's the right word. I always think of about now, this is the moment that I'm living. And also that, that goes into positive situation or also negative. I don't really take, you know, like everything uh, too personal. Mm-hmm. When it's very positive, it's, it is fine. I, I love that people come to, to you and, and tell you beautiful thing about your music and that's really nice because it really gives you uh, like gas gasoline just to keep going and to keep creating and to keep sharing with people who you are but again I do it because it's like water for me mm-hmm. it's like drinking water mm-hmm. music is like drinking water for me it's something that I really have a necessity to have it every day in order to keep living so I will keep doing it no matter what with <laughs> <laughs> uh, positive you know, it's positive and negative comments. I will keep going. <laughs> well, so I mean, that obviously was a huge step when you got to go there. Were were you? I mean, as far as performing, were you nervous once you knew you were going there and you're going to be performing on the world stage and are you going to have all these artists there? I got to tell you, um, and this comes back to my personality as well. Um, I even when I was a kid, I wasn't that I wasn't that nervous when I when when everything comes to music, to mm-hmm. be honest. And um, obviously, you know, you as a human being, you have excitement inside. You are like some, you you want to play, and and sometimes when they tell you uh, Quincy Jones is Quincy Jones is in the house or someone that you admire so much is like that, you know, it, obviously. It, for me, it's something like it's more excitement, and I looking forward. I look forward to that moment, but no, no nervous in a negative way. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, not being nervous in trying to um, go down your level, but it's all the opposite. Mm-hmm. I get inspired. I get motivated when things like that happen, and I I do really think that I even you know like put more effort and play even better you know i i have to say something and this is very important when it comes to music in general but even more when you are improvising Mm -hmm. you get a lot of energy from whoever is listening to you it can be one person and it can be you know one hundred thousand people uh everything that is happening in the in in that place at that moment is going to stay like that forever Mm -hmm. so i always think like you know i have to be Focusing in who I am as a human being, share my roots, share my life through music. I always say that I play what I like, nice. uh, and so you know that's that's what I did when I when I saw Quincy. I played basically my life until that point, and fortunately for me, Quincy came to me and he said, "Alfredo, I love what you did. This is very impressive. I would love to help you in some way in your career." And that was another crucial moment in my life. Uh, everything changes. You know, from there, because obviously, when someone like Quincy Young tells you, "I want to help you," you need to try to make it happen. In yeah. my opinion, yeah. so I went back to Cuba, having having that as a huge moment in my life that I was going to tell my family, my dad, my friends, uh, one day my kids. And then what happened was that my, uh, his manager, uh, Adam Phil, my manager today, he wrote an email to uh, you know I, I i gave quincy a piece of paper with my email in in, in switzerland mm-hmm. so then i went back to cuba they didn't they didn't know that i was a cuban living in cuba they thought i was a cuban living in miami or mm-hmm. somewhere else and then when they discovered that everything became more difficult because obviously yeah. that was actually in 2000 
2006. Mm-hmm. So then political situation between Cuba and the state was completely broken. Yeah. People couldn't go there and Cubans couldn't come here. So we tried for three years. For three years, we were trying to do something like a recording, like a concert, uh, an invitation, like a visa, award, something like that. And it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned before, my dad, it's a singer, so I was, I, you know, my dad had a gig in Mexico, mm-hmm. in Yucatan, in the south of Mexico, mm-hmm. in Merida. So then I went with my dad to play there, and I said to my dad and my family, you know what, I'm just going to go to the States. I'm going to try to make it there because this is going to be the only way that I can work with Quincy Jones. Yeah. We have tried three years and never have nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So then I took the difficult decision of leaving my family physically behind and then um, it's a very long story I got arrested at the border and everything but I made it to the States I made it to the States after a long and difficult uh, journey Uh, and in January 2009 January 16 actually I made it to the States I asked for political asylum Mm -hmm. and then I you know since that I I remember crossing the border I crossed the border and the first thing that I saw there was a pay phone you know, like one of those phones that you can pick up and pay like 20, you know. So so then I called my mother and I said, Adam, I made it to the States. What should I do now? <laughs> and they said, wow, you did it, you did it, whatever. So uh, they put, you know, they said, go to the airport. We are buying a flight for you. Come here to Los Angeles. We're going to figure it out. And that was what I did, man. I went, I went to the airport. I took a flight from uh, Laredo, Texas. Mm-hmm. to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I remember I had a stop somewhere in Houston or Dallas. I don't remember. Yeah. And then I went straight to Los Angeles and I started a new life. In two days, I was at Quincy Jones' house playing yeah. for him again. And since that, everything changed. And Quincy has been the producer of my five albums. And, and he has been my mentor all of these years. Yeah. yeah well, uh, two things. One, good thing at that point in time, there were still pay phones. That's good. That, yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, uh, two, as far as like, did you? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you couldn't tell Quincy and his manager beforehand that you were planning on yeah. going to America because, I mean, just because of the yeah, risk of that that would that would cause. So you you were just, I mean, so you were just going on the assumption. That like I'm gonna go over, you know, they're they're going to want to work with me if I if I get to America. What happened? Okay, what happened was this: they opened the door, saying that I could come to the states and they would sign me. Basically, they will help me in my career. Mm-hmm. They would basically take care of me mm-hmm. until I could do it by my, by my own. And then I had two 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 um, uh, travels with my dad. I went to Ecuador, right. and Adam came to Ecuador actually from Los Angeles. He came to Ecuador and he said to us, "We the, the offer is still there. You make it to the states. We're 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 gonna help you." Gotcha. And then he also went to Mexico in another time that I was in Mexico before. So yeah. it was this was between the period of time of three years. Yeah. And then I made the decision the third time that I went out. So I made the decision. I said, you know what? I have to do it. I have to cross the border. I have to go to the States. The only way that I can make it. And that was what happened. Yeah, I was I was about to say, I mean, I would uh, be a huge bummer. You know, you get there and uh, and Quincy's manager goes, well, oh, you know to what? To be We're... honest with you, to be honest, well, well it could, that could have happened. It could, you know, it could be, it could have been many, I could, you know, it, it could have happened for sure. Yeah. I made a very 
difficult and risky decision because things happen, oh, and, yeah. you know, and I could have been very basically lost in the States. Fortunately for me, it wasn't like that. <laughs> so I'm here today, but yeah, it was tough. It was a difficult decision, but again, sometimes music put you in some, you know, it has been like that with me, you know, and, and I, I decided to do it. Well, I mean, and, and like you said, you've been working with Quincy ever since. Um, and I mean, working with Quincy, you, you've had some really cool opportunities. Uh, and I've just seen really, you know, you, you get the you get the bits and pieces on your social media that you get to see, you know, and like it's like I saw a picture there. You, you had a picture of, of you and uh, and Quincy and Paul McCartney and Joe Walsh and then there was there was another one of you and Clint Eastwood and and, and uh, uh, Quincy oh, uh, I, can tell you, I can tell you this so the first year the first two years mm -hmm. that the beginning of you know when I came here to the States mm -hmm. uh, we had the offices at Quincy's house in Bel Air mm -hmm. in, in his house so mm -hmm. then I went to Quincy's house in a row for two years like every day you know mm -hmm. i went to quincy, uh, quincy you know at that time they didn't know me but obviously today we are like family this yeah. is something very personal for us you know it, it has been like a family situation it's not just sign this artist and then that's it you don't see it they make money you make money it's not that type of situation this was like a family situation actually for me which i am extremely grateful mm -hmm. for everything that quincy and adam and everything you know, everyone did for me because it was like a family situation. Then can you imagine everyone that goes to Quincy's house and I was, Alfredo was there. Yeah. So basically it's like, okay, today Paul McCartney is coming to have dinner. Do you want to play for them? So I was, I was like, you know, playing for everyone. Can you, that, that you can imagine everyone, all, all Quincy's friends and everyone for the, for the, in the first two years that I made it to the States and I met so many great musicians, great people, um, people that I have, you know, looked for and admired for so many years. Yeah. I, I was in a very incredible position in that when it comes to that. What, what, what uh, I mean, what would you say, I mean, obviously there's, there's, there's so many, but what was probably in, in those first couple of years, what was the most mind blowing one that you were just like, what am I, what, what, what am I getting ready to do? What is the, you know, like, what, what was that one? Was that Paul McCartney? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know what? I have to say, okay, let's, let's put it in this way. Um, I met there people that I was looking for uh, listening to their music for so many years. Mm -hmm. you know, people like Herbie Hancock mm. or people like Chick Corea. I have met them through Quincy. Pianists that I have loved and yeah. listened to their music, they, ha they actually have been kind of like with me, my yeah. friends. Even though they didn't know they were my friends, I was listening to their music forever, and they played. They do the same. They play basically their life. When you are a musician and improvise it, that's what you do. So even though they didn't knew, I knew them a lot. Yeah. You know. So meeting some of my idols like that, meeting some of my idols, and then after that, being able to play with them and to share stories musically and also, you know, like like stories. Uh, that was a very impactful moment in my life. So I would say like people like that, like more, you know, you know yeah. uh, people like that always are, have been, you know, I've been fascinated by, 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 by Herbie or, or Chikoria, people like that. So meeting them was incredible for me. For sure. Well, yeah, now you've got, 
uh, you've got a huge celebration coming up for Quincy's birthday. Um, yeah. At the at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, that, that's uh, how, how excited are you to, to play for that concert there? I mean, I'm extremely excited. As I said before, I've been with Quincy for years, and I have, you know, we have gone from uh, through a lot, you know, together, everyone. So again, you know, it's, it's so beautiful to celebrate his 90th, you know, birthday. Uh, with, I'm, I know that there's gonna be like millions of friends, um, you know, like a lot of people celebrating with him. I can, I'm just humble uh, that I'm going to be part of that celebration, and I'm. You know, still, you know, working with them and, you know, basically living a beautiful life. And the Hollywood Lo and the Hollywood Bowl is a very personal also venue for me because in my, uh, when I was in Cuba, obviously I didn't have the same possibilities. Cuba is a very small country. We don't have places like that. And also, you know, this is um, a, a, one of the most iconic and beautiful uh, venues in the whole world. Yeah. So imagine that the first one of the first opportunities that I had in, in, to play in the States, to play basically outside of Cuba, I was invited to play at the Playboy Jazz Festival, which was, uh, which is a, an annual event that they do at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, you know, and then it, it, I, I remember I came to the States in January and mm -hmm. then in June was the festival. So that was my first official appearance in, in anywhere, you know, nice. in the world, playing playing my my own music so can you imagine like going from nothing to playing at the hollywood ball in front of eighteen thousand people um uh, so again the ball is some is a place that i always have in in my heart and just going back to to that beautiful place is, is I'm, I'm extremely looking for it yeah for sure for sure well now um one of my favorite albums that you did with quincy uh was little uh the little dream uh, which came out in 2018, and uh, I, I love how that album starts out. I love Dawn. Uh, you know, you were talking about earlier the the positivity, vibrance. It has all of that in that song. There's so much of that in that song, and uh, you actually played that at the uh, NPR Tiny Desk concert. You did uh, a little bit after the the album came out there, and I've seen a, I've seen a good number of you know the NPR tiny desk concerts, and I don't know if I've seen anybody come in and have as much fun as you guys did. Like you guys came in and just had fun. I mean, what is that? Is that is that what you remember from that that concert when you did it? I mean, to be honest, that's actually what I remember from every situation that they put us on the stage. That that's the energy that I want to share with. You know, I'm like a very, you know, we try you know, to just to share who we are when we are on the stage. And, you know, we always have, you know, fun playing, you know, I, I with Michael, which is a drummer that plays there with me. I've been playing with him since we were kids, since 15, you know, since we, since we were 15 years old. And then with Munir, the bass player and guitarist, uh, we've been playing for five or six years. And since since we met, it was like a, you know, like a click, like a connection that yeah. we that we just did like that. And, and We've been, you know, that was beautiful. When I remember Tiny Death, um, it's always a place that I was looking for. You know, it, it's, it's a, a beautiful spot, a beautiful family that they have created of musicians there. And I was looking, all, all, I was watching all the videos all the time. 
uh, when they told us that we were going to be part of that as well, we were very happy and, and till today, you know, it was one of the best experiences. Tiny Desk is very cool. And, and again, you know, we always do that. We always go on stage and celebrate life and celebrate being alive and, and also share with people who we are. And we, you know, we are most of the time, 90% happy people. <laughs> That's 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 more than most, I would say. I would say more than most. Uh, yeah. and and you know, you mentioned you mentioned Michael, uh, Michael Garcia on the drums. It 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 doesn't matter. That dude has he can have just his hands. He can have one stick. He can have a cowbell. He can have a full drum set. Like whatever Man, it that's is. That's the way. That's that's the way it has to be in Cuba. You know, we come from a country that would have to be inventing. Yeah. Very inventive in order to, you know, you know, I didn't have, I have, I had at the beginning of my life when I, at the beginning of my um, studies, when mm -hmm. I started the classical school of music, I didn't have a piano. Mm -hmm. So basically, I remember painting the piano, painting the piano in the in the at the table at the table where we ate and playing like that for one year. Then my dad and my mom they got me a piano, and then I had that piano since the beginning until I left Cuba. It's it, it, Cuba, and I, and to be honest. I was not in a bad uh, situation for Cuba, to be honest. Yeah. My singer, my dad was famous in Cuba. We had a better, we had a better life than many other people, other people in Cuba. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine if I had that for my friends, for everyone that lives in the countryside and all of that. It's very tough. It's very difficult to find instruments to find anything. So so we. Try to be creative all the time, and that was what we did. Uh, that we what we do also with the videos when we create all of those sound check videos, whatever. Yeah. I just told Michael at the beginning, Michael, come here with something, you know, with the cowbell, with the with the cymbal, uh, with the tom tom, something. Just bring something and come here to the piano. Let's do like a quick video, and, and we did it like that. And to be honest, every that's one of the best decisions that I have made in my life also because uh, it put me uh, in front of so many people, you know, mm -hmm. and right now you are basically your own boss in a way because you really share your content with people and people can react or not. Yeah. So we were very fortunate that so many of those videos have become viral and they have like 6 million, 7 million, 8 million of views, so many of them and that has helped me in my career a lot because I have a lot of people coming to the show saying, hey, I came here because I saw the video of Thriller. I saw the video of Super Mario. I saw, you know, so, so you, you we, we transform those things into who we are, into our music, the Caribbean, whatever, and people, people have been reacting in a positive way, and, and that's something very helpful today, that we can, as, as entrepreneurs, as, as musicians, we can really share with, with audiences. Yeah, I, I, think, I think those videos show they show that fun too. I mean, you know, you, you, it's, it's this short, just positivity. It's, it's, it's great sounds. It's great innovation. And, uh, yeah, I, I do think Michael adds a lot. He seems to, I mean, he always is, is having fun with those videos. It, it takes him a little bit. And then all of a sudden he's in the groove. He's right there. He's just, <laughs> he's feeling it. Uh, I mean, along with that, I mean, since those have worked so well for you and that first album that you were really into was the, the Keith Jarrett album uh, that was a live album, have you ever thought about releasing like a full just live recorded at a, uh, you know, at a uh, amphitheater or at a, at a venue uh, album? 
actually yes so yes that, that would be something that i would, would really like to do uh i have to say something i love any kind of creating when it comes to music anything i love it but i have to be brutally honest what i do love more is like being on stage the energy that i feel when i am with the piano and people are around and people give all that energy that's the best mm-hmm. that's the you know mm-hmm. thing but i i would really love to do that and i think we're going to do that for sure uh, it hasn't you know it hasn't happened it will come i guess i haven't been forced in that situation uh but it will come it will come for sure because that's something that i really look for nice nice well let's talk about the the new album that is getting ready to come coral way um one one of the big big differences in coral way is that it was recorded in miami uh where you've been living now for the last uh, several years what what inspired the move to miami well actually it you know, we did record it in Miami. It was composed the whole. I composed the whole album here, mm-hmm. uh, but we recorded in Europe. Actually, the record the recordings were in Europe, but but we I composed everything here while moving to Miami. Gotcha. Uh, first of all, I became a dad, so I have like a little daughter of three years old, and then my family is here in Miami. So I was, you know, missing so much my family. And then I wanted to be the family a little more together. I was for more than 11 years in Los Angeles, and mm-hmm. I felt it was a moment to reunite with the family and come here and try a new life. Then nice. what happened was that at the beginning, just moving here to Miami, COVID. So everything stopped, the world stopped, and, and COVID came, and then we were stuck everywhere that we were. Yeah. And for me, it was, you know, this there was a situation that I was composing new music and then i got inspired by just walking miami alone you know and not seeing many people this was extremely because as you can see it's very contradictional but in a way but why because it was a tough moment for everyone at the world basically was crying and i was composing this music like celebrating ahead the moment that we could go out mm. because the music as you can hear is very positive is very uh, festive it has a lot of hope it, ha- it has a lot of, it, as i mentioned before my music always goes there even like in tough moment i told you before mm-hmm. i always go to the positive side and, and obviously it has that nostalgic situation in songs also but 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 the most part of the album it's about dancing, it's about party, it's about celebration. And that was what I wanted to share with the world in my next album after a situation like that. And Coral Way, as I always say, has been my new life and I play what I live. So nice. I'm playing right now Coral Way, I'm playing my life in Miami, I play this new move uh, into the life of Alfredo Rodriguez. Basically, as I said before, it will be translated into my music forever. And this is a new chapter, hoping that people will have fun with us, keep having fun, listening to the new music. It's a very adventurous also album for me, because it's like a, I have a like a nine-piece band with horns and guitars and percussion, and drums, bass, piano. And also I have two featuring vocalists, which both of them are amazing. Sima yeah. Funk from, from Cuba, mm-hmm. which is like the hottest, Cuban act right now, in my opinion, out of Cuba. And then we have Alana Sinke, which is a beautiful singer from Guinea-Bissau. Uh, both of them really did an amazing and beautiful job when it comes to melding 
you know, all the melodies and lyrics that I had in my mind about this album, they, you know, they, they really did an amazing job. And I'm just really happy to share this new music with the world. Yeah, Al- Alana's on the the single that's out right now. Yes, actually, the first single, Alana, is in that single, Fiju de Lua, which means Child of the Moon. Nice, nice. We're going to hear, hear it in just a, a few minutes. Um, but uh, I, I I lived in, in Miami for five years. Uh, used to go down uh, Coral Way all the time. Uh, it, it For a guy that's never been to Havana, I would say it seems to have a little Havana flair. Would you say Miami has some Havana flair in it? Actually, Miami has a lot of Havana flavor. You know, I mean, uh, we first of all, this is a city that is the most populated city by Cubans uh, outside of Cuba. So, you know, Miami has become like a... I mean, I always say this, this is crazy, but in Miami, there are so many places that say we also speak English. You know, this is, this is crazy here in Miami. <laughs> so... So again, what I'm saying, this is like a Latin American uh, city, you know, mm-hmm. in the states. It's crazy. It's, mm-hmm. It is crazy the amount of Latin of Latinos in this in this city. Oh, and yeah. Cubans always always have been, you know, here. As as you know, we from the states, we are only 90 miles, so it's very it's very close from Cuba to the states. And this has been the city that most of the Cubans have been, you know, basing uh, their their new life. So again, you know. Even though I'm not in Miami, which may, which basically I, any record that I will make will have my Cuban blood and my Cuban roots, mm-hmm. this one, it has even more Caribbean flavor and all of that because, again, Miami, not only reflecting the Cubans that live here, but also all the Latinos and all the, you know, mixed mm-hmm. uh, culture that you can, you can feel in like Miami. For sure. For sure. Well, I mean... Uh, I've I've eaten a lot of uh, great Cuban restaurants in Miami. Do you have one in mind that you would say is the best Cuban restaurant that you've eaten in Miami? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! You put me in the spot right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, you know, there are many. Usually, 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 people go to the famous one, which which will be like Versailles right. or things like that, because they are really they are really good when it comes to marketing and all of that. Mm-hmm. There are other places um, that they are not maybe that famous. There is a place kind of close here. I live in Coral Gables, mm-hmm. and the name is La Casita. I like that place a lot, and it's kind of local here. Nice. So I will give a shout to them. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, it's you know, Miami has great all all kinds of food. I mean, do you, do you have a favorite non-Cuban restaurant you've been eating in Miami? Um, there are millions of places. I am I, I, I am a really food lover. I love eating food from from all over, mm-hmm. uh, not only Latino or Latin uh, food or anything. I love music. I love well. I love music from all over as well. But I love food also from everywhere. Yeah. And Miami, to be honest, it has been a city that is growing so fast, extremely fast in all aspects. Mm-hmm. Right now, Miami is not the same Miami that I used to come here when I used to live in, in, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I remember 10 years ago or something like that, Miami was completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I see even more cultural and even more people. It, it has become, you know, this is it's going crazy, to be honest. Uh, the amount of people that, are, that have been 
basing their new life in Miami for the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there are many places. I don't really remember right now one place to name because I don't really go regular to one on, only to one place. But there are millions of places here that you can eat really good food. Love it, love it. Well, now uh, you're going to be touring all uh, all summer. You, you're going to Europe and then you're coming back in fall and you're going to be going through throughout uh, throughout the United States, right? Yes, uh, I'm going to be in the summer. I'm going actually in play to Europe. I will be playing there for, you know, like for almost one month, 15 days. And then I come here and we start a very, really good, you know, a strong tour in the States on September 19th. We're going to be hitting many cities, uh, minimum 15 cities in the States. And then after that, I go back to Europe. I will be playing more in Europe, also in Asia. Uh, in Israel, in India, in many places. So if people want to see where we're playing, they can go to my website, mm-hmm. alfredomusic.com, and everything will be there. All the shows will be there. Or they can check us out on social media, which nice. is my name, Alfredo Rodriguez, and they can find me there. Very nice, very nice. Well, Alfredo, we are up against a break, but I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been really fun. Thank you so much for the beautiful conversation. I, you know, where, where are you based, by the way? Jacksonville. We're up at the top of the state. Okay, Jacksonville. Maybe I'm gonna, maybe I'm gonna hit Jacksonville somewhere. Uh, uh, You're pretty soon. close. I think you've we got, are actually worth. You've got. Yes. A, you've got a couple of Florida, uh, um, uh, Florida spots there in October. We have dates. We have dates in Florida in in September, October. But then we are next year also come back to Florida in February and March. We're gonna play. I think in Jacksonville, so Very maybe nice. I can see you there. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Listeners, you you heard him before. You can you can pre-order Coral Way at his website, alfredomusic.com. You can stream all of his music right now on streaming services. Uh, for all of our Florida listeners, like I said, October is when he's going to be coming through in Boca Raton and Miami and a couple other spots. Right now, let's take a listen to the newest uh, single, Fido de Lua. Uh, with Alana Sinki right here on the Doc G Show. Mister Riva perto de vou, quero ficar a beira tua. Mister Riva perto de vou, quero voltar.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Alfredo Rodriguez tickling the ivories, Mike. My mm-hmm. goodness. That is some fast piano playing he does. And just like I mentioned in the, in the uh, interview, man, his drummer seems like he has the most fun ever. Yes! That dude playing, he just, it does, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he's, he could be playing a cowbell. He can be playing his hands. He can be playing a wall. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, just rapping on the wall. Just super fun. He gets into the groove. Like, I mean, every go listeners go on his Instagram right now and watch some of his videos. You'll just instantly be like, I want to have fun with those guys. That looks good. I don't have nearly mm. enough rhythm to actually play with these guys, but oh. I'd like to. Hey, all right, yeah. And they have to tell me like the like my uh, band director told me back in the day. They're like, Ben, you're making us offbeat. If you could just fake like you're playing with us, that'd be good. Oh yeah, I can do that. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Like, anyways, shout out to to uh, Alfredo for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, His album is coming out. Make sure you can pre-order it at his website. Fantastic stuff, Mike. But we need to move on to Mm. the fastest growing segment in the world. The Mike C Top 3. Now, Mike, I'm not putting down this topic, but it was just way (laughs) too broad. Way yeah. too broad. I had no idea where to start. I, I tried to think. I was like, am I going to do helpful plants? Am I going to do hmm. uh, plants that make me nostalgic, that have been around my life? What am I going to do? I don't know. There's just so many plants, Mike. There's so many plants. Oh, yeah. So listeners, uh, Mike, uh, Mike's uh, top three um, for this week was your top three favorite plants. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah. don't know if you know this, listeners. There's a lot of plants out there. That's a fact. A lot of plants. There's a lot of plants. Uh, now, Mike, I'm just going to throw out my honorable mentions. There are right. a ton of honorable mentions here. I, Doctor, so I feel like we're going to touch on... So can we do honorable mentions after? All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've got like a hundred honorable mentions. You're gonna get all top. Th- so <laughs> you're gonna get my top. Probably three not. And your honorable probably mentions. not. No? Uh, my my okay. number three. Uh, and again, this is uh, how do you approach it, Mike? There's a bunch of ways. I thought about like, okay, carbon sequestering. That's one of the great things that plants do. They take up carbon. Mm-hmm. I should be appreciative of the ones that do the most of that. You know, that was one idea. Okay. I also said, hey, right. food. We need these things to eat. That's a fact. So yeah. what what gives us the most food? Which one's there? Then, uh, you know, also like just an impressive uh, plant. So true. How impressive are they? So I went with two that are just impressive in what they do, and then one extremely vital in what it provides. So right. my number three is extremely vital. I don't think you can get over how ne- necessary this plant is. Wheat. Ooh, good choice. Yeah. Good top three. I, I don't wheat. I don't think you can have a plant list and not mention wheat. I mean, it's just critical to human existence. Oh wow. Didn't even think about it. Yeah, that was the big that was our first one of our first crops, right? And like it's one of the, the predominant crops, crop yeah. now. I mean, it it sustains yeah. 
life on a human life mm-hmm. on the planet. So ah, good one. Wheat. Good one. Mike, what's your number three? Oh yeah. My number three, banana. <laughs> banana mm. plant. It is a plant. It's not a tree. That's uh the banana that's plant. on my honorable mention, Mike. Yeah, I consume it every day. I mean, I have banana. I have two, three, four, seventeen, thirty-five bananas. I get a case of them. I'm just eating bananas left and right. Yeah, banana soldier. You got potassium out the wazoo, Mike. I feel you. Oh yeah, I feel you. Lots of potassium. I like it. Um, yeah. Doctor, what's your number two? Number two. So now we've gone in again. These are are less um, beneficial to mankind. These are just impressive. Uh, number two, bristlecone pine. Hmm. Bristlecone pine. Okay. Oldest living organism in the world. They can live okay. 5,000 years or longer. 5,000 mm. years, Mike. Yes. There's a bristlecone pine out there right now that was around before the start of ancient Greece culture. Think about that. Mm. It's been sitting in the same spot for 5,000 years. Yeah, that's wild. Living. It's not a, you know, it's it's not an inanimate object. It's a living thing that's been around for that long. That is wild to me. That is just absolutely yeah, that is wild. Exact, actually, yeah. Didn't consider so that. So there you go. Bristlecone pine. Super impressive. Bristlecone pine. Yeah. All right, Mike. Yeah, you're number two. My number two, uh, the coffee plant, of course. Coffee beans, I consume them every day. I just, I guess my plants are, uh, what do I... <laughs> what do you go around? Yeah, number, no, 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 I mean... Yeah, what do I use every day? I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I get, I, again, Mike, I told you, there's so many, there's so many ways yeah. to look at this top three. I don't know, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the coffee plant. Mm, well, I, I, I don't put it up there, Mike. Like, like, you know, I mean, I don't mind coffee. It's not bad, but... It's just uh, the 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 pee that smells like coffee. No, thank you. Wait, what? No, thank mm-hmm. you. It's the after the aftertaste, the after. As opposed to what, Doc G? The pee that smells like pee. I mean, what are you smelling? Yeah, neutral <laughs> pee. That's it what I'm looking bad. like. Neutral <laughs> pee. All right. Clear. I pee. want a nice neutral smelling pee. Anyway. No broth. Come on. Take All that right. home. Write a note, listen. Ew. <laughs> uh, top three smelling peas next week. There we go. Uh, I'm putting asparagus right up there at the top. There we uh, go. There we go. Mike, my number one coastal redwood. The coastal redwood. The tallest tree in the world. All right. Yeah. 380 feet tall. Taller mm-hmm. than the Empire, uh, not Empire State, but taller than the Statue of Liberty, taller than the Big Ben Clock Tower. It's just a massive. Wow, I didn't know that. Taller than Big Ben. Yeah. Wow. Just a massive, okay. massive tree. It is so, mm-hmm. so impressive. You just go, yeah. you go into a redwood forest, and you're just like, wow. Cathedral, just giants just giants yeah. around you it's it's amazing it's just absolutely and they've been around forever too you know most of them average like 2500 years you know mm. like they were alive when jesus was here that we you know yeah. that we were both gonna chat with Before last jesus. week yeah yeah it's crazy crazy man 
Anyways, you're number one, Mike. Doc G, my number one Venus flytrap. The whole reason why I did <laughs> top plants it was just to now, say that Venus one's not trap. that one's not useful, Mike. You can't say that one's too useful <laughs> I, for yeah, you. That, that's right. I that doesn't. I don't use that every day. I can't even keep them alive. I've tried. It's Doc just G. cool. I really have, but it's just cool. Yeah, it's just a bad plant. Just eats flies. Yeah, I mean some insects. of those too. Like you see some of like the really old ones. They got like traps all over the place. There's like 150 little mouth traps that you're like, good lord. Yeah. What the? Hell? How do they? So cool. Yeah, they're pretty so wild. Cool. Don't so cool. uh, don't get me wrong, Mike. It's right there. It's on my it's my list. I got it. There are multiple yeah. plants that do that, but it's the coolest looking one. It's you know? the coolest. Yeah. It's yeah. the coolest the trumpet one. one. Yeah, the, they got the, a couple yeah. that like lure them in, yeah. and then they get stuck in there, and they just sort of, yeah, you know. But the Venus flytrap, it's just a giant mouth. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's where that <laughs> that's where Mario got their little. It's a straight up Mario. Yeah, plant. it is a Mario. I plant. mean, that's where they got their little, you know, uh, plumbing plants, whatever you call them. I've, uh, oh, is that what the inspiration was? I, I'm gonna guess. Where else Probably. could they come from? Yeah. Unless the guy was just, you know tripping on acid and came up with it completely <laughs> from his mind you know anyways mike here's my honorable mention plants peach tree i love peaches that sort of one like yourself like you know sure. got gotta sure. have some peaches live oak i love live oaks they just make me think of the southeast they're amazing plus fun fact they sequester uh more carbon than almost any of the other uh trees around mm. so there you okay. go norfolk island pines I love those guys. They just mm. they just look like a little they're just like a little fun pine tree and I love them. Uh bamboo very important. Bamboo. Very useful. Yeah, very important. Uh you can do mm -hmm. it and plus it keeps pandas alive so you got to give it up for that. Mm -hmm. Uh sunflowers, yeah. I just like the way they look. There's not too much of that they're one. They're pretty cool, yeah. yeah. Uh, just, I love the seeds. And I was about to say seeds are pretty great. Uh Venus flytrap, there you go. Uh banana mm -hmm. plant, there you go. Uh saguaro <laughs> cactus. They're just pretty impressive. Those saguaro cacti. Those are the big ones, yeah, right? giant ones. Yeah, 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 yeah they're pretty yeah. impressive, man. You see, like a huge, you know, like a forty-foot tall one. You're just like, geez, crazy. Yeah, it's uh, pretty wild. Um, where was I? Oh, uh, pineapple plant. Love pineapples. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, I love the pineapple. Delicious. Plant. Uh, loblolly pines. Those are the giant pines that you see in the southeast. I love those. Uh, their smell. Love the smell of them. They just Ooh. make me feel at ease. Uh, honeysuckle. Love honeysuckle. Smell of honeysuckle. Grapevines. Love grapes. Uh, mini date palms. They're one of my favorite palms. They just look really cool. Royal palms. Mm. They look really cool. Palmettos. Got to represent for South Carolina. Mexican fan palms. Those are usually the ones you see the most in like uh, L.A., uh, the really tall mm. ones that are like, you know, 90 feet up there. Those are usually... Oh, yeah, yeah. We used to have some of those across the street from my house. Yeah. They they survive hurricanes. They do not blow oh, down. Oh, they just... They're like, a little, they're like a little frilly toothpick. That's all they do. They yeah. Cashew tree. That's on there. Uh -huh. uh, tree fern uh, from New Zealand. Those are really cool looking. Bald cypress. They're really awesome. Mm. I love their little knobs that come out of the swamp. They're awesome. They're little. Op oh yeah. They're little. Op yeah, I know what you're talking There's about. There's just so many uh, plants. That's that's my list. There honorable mention. You got any honorable mentions there? Only one, Doc G. You know what it is. Marijuana plants. <laughs> the weed plant. I thought about putting it on there because there is a bunch of use for it, Mike. There's yeah, and, 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 and a lot of people love it. 
you know so uh, i'm not gonna yeah, i'm not restricting it from the from the population you know so mm-hmm. yeah i'll put it on there honorable mention marijuana on there marijuana cannabis 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 uh mike what is our top three topic for next week mm. Ooh, so speaking of the death ray the tesla death ray uh-huh top three movie weapons top three movie, movie weapons. weapons or show weapons top three movie or show a top three tv weapons hmm I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dig for that one. Yeah. I don't really can't really think any off the top of my head right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I'm gonna think of some, but oh yeah, they'll come to mind. They will. Now, m- uh, movie or just TV? Just TV. Movie or TV? Okay, movie Any or TV. Any type of television yeah. or big screen weapon that is most likely fictional and uh, all right. Okay, yeah. we can do it. We can do it. Okay. TV weapons, movie, TV, fictional weapons, <laughs> listeners. Top three. Write it down. It's important. Uh, Mike, we've got one birthday suit. You're you're on a hot streak from last week to this week. You've got uh, four, what, what have you got? Five and a half out of the last six. You've been on a roll. So right now cool. you're forty three and three fourths out of seventy seven. I don't cool, know about cool. this last one. How do you think if I just tell you American professional uh, girls soccer player, women's soccer player, do you think you can, hmm. you got any any names? Ah, uh, you know, I got some, uh, I know some faces. You know I, some I, faces. I don't, names. don't think you have I names? Some, I don't know, I don't know the names. You, you're pretty positive about that. You're not thinking of any names right now. I got no names on it. Because she'd be like... Maybe if you went through the description... She'd be like the biggest name there is. uh, At least like currently. I'll probably need an initial. Uh, I'll give give you the... You know what? I'm going to give you the initials now. You start thinking about it. All right. All right. M-R. Okay. Born on July 5th, 1985 in Redding, California. Our birthday suit wearer had five brothers and sisters growing up. She loved soccer just like her brother. She was very successful in high school and ended up getting a scholarship to the University of Portland. They had an undefeated season her freshman year, and they won a national championship. Throughout her college career, she had two ACL tears, but despite this, she still ranks 10th all-time on the college's scoring list. In 2009, she started playing professional soccer. Uh, Her biggest successes, though, came on the international stage. She won two World Cups with the American team. She won a gold medal with the Olympic team. She won a bronze medal with the Olympic team last year. And as an individual, she won the World Cup Golden Boot Top Player Award there in 2019. She was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Joe Biden in 2022. Uh, and she's married to WNBA star Sue Bird. Mm. Name that birthday suit wearer. Is it Michelle? No. 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 Another Maribel? <laughs> what? Maribel. Yes. Yes. Maribel Joe. You got it, Mike. Who's Maribel? 
crazy. I don't know where that one came from. You might yeah, you, Doc G. you might have this one. You are you might be upset about this one when I say it. Uh, Megan Rapinoe. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, still not not that familiar of a name for me. I guarantee. You, go ahead, Google her, and you will say, "Oh." I want to say she has, and before I even Google her, I'm gonna guess what her appearance is. Yeah. She has blonde hair, and it's yeah. like cut super short. Yep, like that's uh, her. Yeah, that's her, yep. Mike. Yeah, you got the you got the face. You did not know the name. Mm. Yeah. No credit for that, but you know what, Mike? You're still okay. on a pretty good roll. So true. You're still on a pretty good roll. You're you're 40, uh, 43 and three fourths out of seventy eight, ending the week. Uh, happy birthday to Sue uh, or, or Megan Rapinoe. Um, mm-hmm. Just uh, you know, turning. She's turning thirty eight, and uh, yeah, she's done a whole bunch in her career, man. Did a whole yeah. bunch in her career, and she was, you know. That 2019 time period, she was every she was everybody's darling, if you will. You know, everybody was she was on everything. She was on every magazine, every social media post, all kinds of stuff. She's at the ESPYS everywhere. Good mm. reason, you know. She won the yeah won the Golden Boot, won the World Cup. Makes sense. Anyways, happy birthday to Megan Rapinoe. Of course, happy birthday to Polly D. And of course. Huey Lewis might get out there. Listen to some Huey yeah. Lewis. Do it. Yeah, Do it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Mike, we have got some great guests coming up next week. We've got this fantastic band coming straight out of Missouri. Dark Below. Dark Below is coming on the show. We've also got some other fantastic guests in the works. We've got Gideon King coming on the show. Fantastic artist. Uh just making so much good music out there and then we've also got uh two more one big guest that i already mentioned uh we've got buck cherry coming up on the show we've also got the Criticals. so we've got lots of great artists coming up mike can't wait to talk to them but for now we got to wrap it up i have been your host doc g with me as always the one the only mikey maximus the fernicus charette Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it doo